I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, joining me today is Julian Flores. He is uh, from Hobbs, New Mexico, graduate from there, uh, ran at Glendale Community College, Adams State, UNM, has a 216 marathon PR, ran at the uh, Olympic marathon trials uh, this about a year ago now. He's an artist and buyer at Heart and Soul. So thank you for joining me. Yeah, happy to be here. You know, my first question is, how did you get into running? Yeah, so that's a, a bit of a funny story. Um, I was a bit of a knucklehead when I was younger. And uh, in, in saying that, I, I loved basketball. Basketball was my, my first love growing up, you know, coming from Hobbs. It, basketball is big down there. And, you know, I think they're on 18 state titles now. Uh, so, yeah, uh, basketball was my first love. We got into trouble one time uh, when I was in junior high and uh, we had to go run the uh, cross country two mile challenge as a punishment. And so uh, that's where I found out I could run. I ended up winning it and I ran, I think it was 1053 uh, for a two mile cross course in Hobbs as an eighth grader. And so the... Uh, high school coach at the time um, caught wind of that and uh, came and had a meeting with me and was like, you know, you you need to stop uh, dribbling that ball and you need to you need to come run. And at the time, you know, telling a 13 year old kid that uh, he can be on the varsity team um, if I switch sports right now, then that was very appealing. And uh, at the time, I was also very, very smaller than I am now. I was like four feet eight inches, maybe like 80 pounds. I was, I was a small kid, you know, over the next year I grew a foot. So it's, uh, it, it was, it was, a, it was a fun choice at the time. It made a ton of sense and it changed my life for the better. <laughs> I, I love hearing these stories of people like, no, this, this was my sport. And then all of a sudden, you know, a coach notices them or, you know, they get in trouble and it's like, yeah. nope, it's running. Cause <laughs> that's pretty cool um you know did you you know you said it was pretty appealing but you know did you go back and like talk to your parents and like hey this coach is telling me i'd be good at running what do you guys think yeah yeah when i uh so i went and told my my parents that i was gonna i was gonna join the cross country team their first question was what's cross country (laughs) and so you know, and uh, they at the time didn't know much difference between a, a 5K, 800 meter, um, didn't matter. We, we were a basketball family. Uh, my sister played uh, collegiately. My brother played. Um, so, yeah, we were uh, we were a basketball family. And so I continued playing basketball. Uh, but once I got older, and especially into those latter years of, of high school, I, I had a meeting with my coach who was like a father to me. Um, he, uh, he was a huge influence on my life, uh, to get me on the, on the right track and, and doing the right things. And, uh, he was like, you know, you can, you can go to college for this. You can, you can travel the world if you, if you pursue this and, and give it your all. And so I had a, a talk with my, my father and told him, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on running and I'm not gonna play basketball anymore. And that was, that was definitely devastating for him. 
but uh, he he got through it. He he loves what I do now, and he's a, he's, a, he's one of my biggest fans. And uh, yeah, it's just been it's been a journey. You know, you you mentioned your coach there, and when I had a uh, um, Andrew Bosquez here, you know, he mentioned. Uh, I believe you guys had the same coach. He came out of retirement and and was coaching when Andrew was yep. uh, his last few years there. And you know, so he sounds like a like a great motivator, a guy that can. I mean, he pulled you out of basketball. He really got you going. Uh, you know, so I guess tell me a little bit more about him because I don't know much about you know kind of the some a lot of the Southern coaches. Yeah, Bob Jackson. Um, he's uh, he, he's one of my heroes, and he, he forever will be. Uh, we we still talk to this day. Um, I call him at least once a month. Uh, we we give each other updates. Still talk. He's still coaching at the moment, and yeah, he he's just uh, an awesome mentor for for youth and the running community in general uh, in the southern area. So he uh, he's an amazing man. Uh, that will teach you life lessons that uh, you you will carry with you to to the day you die. I, I can still hear uh, his voice, uh, <laughs> especially at in races. Um, every every big race, uh, we have a meeting uh, the night before, and we talk about it. And uh, even though he's not officially my coach, he he will always have an influence on uh, on my career. That's, I mean, that's the way it should be with a coach, right? That they're always there in that back of your head, helping you, um, even when they're not there. I, I, that's that's great that you had that relationship with him. And so, um, you know, going forward from there, you know, when did you know? You know, you talked about he's he's telling you, you know, you could go places with this, and you you could be a great runner. And when did you know, like, all right, like. I'm, I am going to continue this in, into college and I can do this. Yeah, it, it probably was uh, going to Nike Cross Regionals. So I didn't know much about uh, the whole running world, the running community. Uh, I was pretty ignorant to it. Um, even like racing in high school uh, at the time, you know, Hobbs didn't put much money into the cross country or track and field program. So we couldn't afford to come up to Albuquerque and race. And uh, when I was racing down there, every race I was ahead by like 400 meters, you know, running on my own. It was undefeated uh, the entire season until it got to state. And state was the first time that I could see someone that was actually like able to keep up with me and beat me or whatever. And so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it wasn't uh, I was just super ignorant. Uh, to, to how fast the world was. And so uh, when I went to Nike Cross Regionals, um, I got invited by one of my old teammates who was now training at Onate in Las Cruces, and they were in the Open division, uh, which I didn't know there was a difference between the Open, the championship, whatever. He was like, if you want to come, I'll pay for it, and you can come race on our team. So I was like, sweet, let's do it. And uh, yeah, so we went out to, to Phoenix and I ended up winning the race and uh, by by quite a margin. And it was super motivating. I got like my first interview uh, I, as, a, as a high school kid. That was that was fun and it was new to me. And uh, yeah, and that's when I had a realization that maybe I can do something in this in this sport and in this world. And I remember watching the championship field go by and uh, seeing some of these like bigger names, these, these high school phenoms, if you will. And, uh, and I would have 
made the uh, the national team had I been in the championship race. But I was in the open race, so I didn't get to run at the the national meet. But either way, it was a uh, it was a great experience and uh, and definitely a learning experience as well. Oh, I'm I'm sure it was. Uh, it's kind of funny. My senior year, myself, we had gone out to uh, Foot Locker regionals, and they had messed up our entries, and they were looking for. Las Vegas, our school name Robertson, out of Las Vegas, Nevada, instead of New Mexico. Ah. And so since they couldn't confirm us, we, yeah, we got put in the open race instead of, you know, the championship race we had signed up for. And so, you know, yeah. that was disappointing. But, you know, I think, like you said, just, just even being there, just being in that atmosphere is... uh is amazing i mean especially coming from new mexico if you hadn't been in any of those bigger races i mean it, it had to have been even a little overwhelming yeah yeah you know so when you decided to to go to college what did what did that look like for you because you you ended up at a couple of different colleges yeah yeah so uh, initially, I mean, academically, I, I did well at Hobbs High. Um, you know, I uh, I graduated in the in the top one percent of my class. Um, I was the valedictorian my junior year, and uh, I was a bit like over the uh, the academic side. And my senior year, I chose to not do any AP classes, and I just basically signed up for like three art classes, uh, running. And I think it was like one math class. And that's what got me through my senior year. I ended up dropping back to number five in our rankings. And uh, so I did have a lot of academic scholarships available. But I also had a, uh, you know, high school love, uh, a high school girlfriend at the time that uh, she was going to a junior college out in Texas. And uh, so young and dumb um you know i thought she was the one i thought she was it for me so i was like maybe i'll just put running on the side and you know choose 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 to follow her and uh so i started off at a juco in uh in texas and uh we didn't make it through the end of the semester <laughs> and so i ended up deciding you know maybe uh maybe i should really go after running this was probably a mistake and by the end of the semester i transferred over to a JUCO out in Arizona. Um, the coach was awesome. Glendale Community College was one of uh, the best times in my life uh, as far as like collegiate career was concerned. Uh, my coach, um, Coach Espinoza, um, my teammates at the time, Josh Espinoza, you know, uh, the Wagner twins. Um, there, there were so many good individuals that I was surrounded with that uh, it was just it was, a, it was a great time. And uh, my freshman year, I ended up uh, placing, I believe it was third in the 10K, second in the 5K, and that caught the attention of Adams uh, and wow. Damon Martin um, got a hold of me, and I ended up transferring over after that year was up, and uh, yeah, and that's when my seasons with uh, Adams State began. And Adams State is is so amazing. I mean, the history there. Coach Martin, I think, is is an amazing coach. And, you know, he really, and even before him, Coach V. Hill, I mean, they have done mm -hmm. 
a lot and they've had a lot of new mexico runners that have gone up there for them and run very well and so you know what was your experience i mean like you said your your career kind of took took off a little bit you know what was your experience there running at adams and i mean you got the sand dunes you've got i mean again the history of it all you know what was that like for you yeah i mean it was uh it was amazing. Um, Adam State, the the school, the uh, the team. When you go there, you go there to run, and uh, and that's what you're there for. There's not much else. It's a very small town. You know, it's so small that if you get a speeding ticket the next day, your name's going to be in the newspaper telling you what road you're on, what time it was, and what speed you were going. Uh, so yeah, super small town, um, but uh, the atmosphere was incredible. My uh, my teammates were were literally my family. Um, I, I have teammates that uh, that actually that that were at my wedding that that married uh, my wife and I. Uh, that are, one of my teammates got ordained just so he could do that for me. His name's Jackson Sailor. Um, but yeah, uh, they they were definitely uh, my family for sure. It was uh, you know if you get uh, if you get the <laughs> Sorry, getting tongue tied <laughs> talking about Adams. Uh, is, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> is it's definitely jogging the memory. Um, it's just a it's a it's an entirely different feel than what I had ever experienced. Uh, the love that you develop with uh, with teammates that actually care about you and and uh, and are all striving towards that that common goal is is something. Definitely, I wish that every individual and runner can experience at some point or another, because uh, it changes your mind as far as uh, looking past the individual and looking towards the embetterment of a whole. And uh, that's essentially what Adam State taught me. I, that's that's amazing, and I I think um, you know definitely comes from the from the top down i mean uh coach martin from everything i understand is a is another great motivator you know like we talked about with your high school coach who uh, he can just he gets you ready to go that's for sure yeah, absolutely uh yeah he he gives some great speeches he can uh he can get you amped and ready for that national meet and uh, when you, that's when you perform, and that's, uh, that's that's the day to do it. That's what we train for, and that's what the season's about. It's about you go there, and you know you're there to win a trophy, and that is the goal. And so, you know, what took you from Adams State to come back down um, and kind of finish up at UNM? Yeah, um, so... New Mexico has always been my home. Um, my brother was living in Albuquerque at the time. I was finishing up my uh, my education, and you know, I I wanted to to take that next step and see what uh, Division One is like. And it was uh it was an experience. Um, I didn't necessarily have the best career at UNM. Um, I I was injury prone. Uh, it, it was like one thing after another. Uh, I actually made it to the uh, regional meet and I thought I was like in the best form of my life. I was ready to like lay it down in the 10K. And uh, if you do some research about that time period, you'll see that there was an athlete disqualified at the 10K regional meet because they did not have a chip. And uh, that was me. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> so oh, yeah, no. I didn't get to run the the regional meet to try and get my bid to hit that national stage for the track and field uh, 10k out in Austin, and uh, yeah, it was a that was a tough time. <laughs> I remember uh, my coach. Uh, Joe, um, so we, we showed up, well, first of all, going into the regional meet, right? There's like four different check-in tents. You, you go, you have to uh, like show them your spikes. You have to like show your bid, show your identity. Uh, and you, you go through all these different stages before you can like make it out onto the track. And so we get to the track. We're all lining up. I'm looking down, look to my left, look to my right. We're towing the line. And I see everyone has these chips on their shoes. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I don't have a chip. So I run over to the, uh, the meet, uh, official and I was like, Hey, I don't have a chip. They all got a chip. I don't know what to do. And he's like, well, I don't think you can run. And me being the hothead at the time was like, I mean, well, I'm definitely going to run. <laughs> and so, uh, he was like, I need to ask the head official. So he went to ask the head official that was running the meet. And, uh, he's like, yeah, he can't run without a chip. Um, and so I was uh, DQ'd and they were like telling me I couldn't run and I was telling them I am going to run. And uh, eventually it got to the point where they were, they called the cops and there was two cops, you know, hands on their guns walking down to the track to take me off. And uh, Joe uh, Franklin, the UNM coach was like, I want my athlete to run, uh, you know, in, in trying to pull like diamond league clauses. And they were telling him, you know, this isn't diamond league. This is, uh, this is the NCAA track and field. And so it eventually resulted in Joe telling me, you know, if you get arrested tonight, I can't get you into the national meet. But if you don't, then maybe there's a chance. And so, uh, they ended up walking me off the track. I didn't get to run. Uh, I remember hearing that gun go off and just like sinking feeling in my heart uh to not not run that and then so after any disqualification on the official results uh it's a bylaw that ncaa has to list what rule the athlete broke that resulted in the disqualification under mine there was nothing there because i didn't break a rule because it is not required to have a chip to run a track and field event um, so the head, uh, official the next day came up to me and was like, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Put his hand on my back and like, just tell me it's always next year in my mind. I'm like doing everything and I, I can to just calm down. And so I just like shake my head and I'm like, it's okay. And I just walked away and yeah, that was it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just wow, that is that is a oh, and now there's a rule that you can't disqualify an athlete for uh, for not having a chip. So that rule was made after me. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, <laughs> at least you know it won't happen to anybody else. But oh my, wow, that is amazing. Um, I I mean amazing in the most horrible way. Like <laughs> I I I can't imagine how. Um, how frustrating, I mean, I mean, you're telling me how frustrated you were, but I, I just, you know, trying to put myself in my place, anybody listening to this, I'm sure can, can try to put themselves in that place. And, and that's just, I mean, that, I mean, what a way to end it, you know, like that is just, 
um and just heartbreaking really <laughs> yeah yeah uh but you know uh when all things are said and done i i should have paid more more attention um i mean that's part of growing you uh you learn these lessons and it, and it makes you better it makes you stronger and uh, i i try and do that with any any battle that, that comes my way well and and obviously you you've continued you've kept it up and obvious and you've you've done pretty well i mean you've got some amazing times and and we'll get into that and i think you know as a runner you've you've moved past that um but you know how i guess how long did it take you to kind of let that go and and decide you know what your next steps were as far as continuing running you know uh after college yeah um so i uh i always knew that i'd be better at longer distances um my high school coach used to tell me all the time you know your future is in the marathon you uh you're gonna run a, a great marathon one day and uh that was like drilled into me from a from a young age and so i entered the road circuit uh, i ran my first uh professional race at the usa 10 mile champs and uh ended up getting 21st i believe it was either 21st or 20th um something of that sort but uh yeah i uh, that was actually a fun race um i really threw myself into the field uh a tactic that i think i need to go back to and and see what comes of it uh but yeah i mean we were i, I was in the the top 10 squad up until mile nine and then i had a disaster and blew up sigan white towards the end and uh ended up finishing like my last mile at like it was well over seven minutes so, i mean i was i was i was dead I mean, you talk about that monkey getting on your back that gorilla threw me down into the floor and made me crawl to the finish line so it was a it was a tough race it was fun i was excited um and that started uh the road circuit you know i started uh joining each like usatf road championship i could find chasing the money, going to all these local events around in Colorado, Arizona, here, Montana, anywhere I could to where I thought like, you know, I can, I can make some money and, uh, and still run fast. And so that, uh, that compromised uh, my first two years out. And then eventually I decided, you know, on a whim, it's like, maybe, maybe I should try the marathon. And uh, so I believe it was like right after the Victoria half marathon um, where I just decided you know, let's let's sign up for CIM and uh, and see what happens. And so I I started uh, upping my long runs, but I was still running fairly low mileage for a marathoner. Um, I was running like 80 miles a week, but every Sunday I did 20 miles or more uh, for my long run, 20 to 26, right around that time. And uh, yeah, so that was like uh, I was training with Josh Kerr, so I was doing uh, 1500 and 800 meter work on the track on Tuesdays and, and Fridays and then Sundays I just did an extremely long run. <laughs> that I mean I know as as a marathoner and a, and a lot of these pros I mean they're out there doing fast speed work I mean they they have to at the times these guys are running but that seems like two extremes to go from training with Josh Kerr and then going out for 20 plus miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean but uh it, it worked you know it uh it, it worked for me and i did 
a month out, you know, going going back to my my old high school coach, he usually draws up every every taper for me uh, going into like a, a big race. I'm a big believer in his taper process, and he seems to know my body for for that. Uh, and so. A month out, he wanted me, you know, old school logic and thinking. He wanted me to do an over distance run, so we did a 30 mile run, and uh, it, it was it was good. I mean, each 10 miles, he wanted me to go faster than the last. I ended up like towards the last 10, averaging like it was like in the 5:35 range with my last mile at like 5:12, uh, um, and so I was super amped. And I was like, yeah, I can definitely run this marathon thing and uh, it's, it's going to work. And so I didn't get accepted into the elite field at CIM. And uh, so I didn't get any like hotel accommodation. I didn't get uh, like special start privileges or anything of that sort. Um, we ended up renting an Airbnb that was like on mile <laughs> 11 of the course. And uh, the morning of there was like no means to like get to the race because we couldn't like hop on the bus and we had to be there at a certain time and so we rented uh a bike <laughs> and so my warm-up for the for the marathon was literally biking to the start line <laughs> and my my wife running next to me and uh and then eventually uh, a mile maybe been half a mile or a mile out i got off the bike and ran the rest of the way to the finish and she hopped on the bike and uh yeah, and then uh, got to the start line, got in my corral, and uh, and the gun went off. And I remember that first mile, just trying to like you know get past as many people as I could, find my rhythm, and and find the squad that was going out at like five nineteen. And uh, so you first uh, first five miles, you know, right at that five nineteen, five eighteen pace. And uh, just just going out to hit the standard. That was that was my my one and only goal: hit the standard and make it to the trials. And so I remember at like mile ten, there uh, some tears started falling down my eyes because I just I could feel it. I knew I knew today was the day. Uh, my body felt great, and I knew it was gonna happen. You know that's that's pretty early in a marathon, um, but I was I was pretty ignorant um, to, to what the distance was, and so I just I was confident that it was going to happen, and uh, you know I had uh, my little Nathan zipster around my belt with all my goos and things of that sort, <laughs> so I looked uh, very much like just a, a commoner out there racing with the elites, and so. <laughs> Things just start clicking, and it was it was an incredible atmosphere. You know, I, I would encourage any any runner who's trying to make that jump to to go to CIM uh, and and see what it's like. It's just you get into these groups where everyone is just has that same goal. You know, similar to how I was talking about, like at Adam State, but you could just feel it around you with the people that you're around. Uh, people grabbing bottles and offering it around to other racers around them, you know, the competition. And, and it was just, it was, it was surreal. And, uh, I remember right at like mile 16 to 17 is when I started to like know that like I, I can definitely do this. I'm feeling really good. And over the like last six miles, I just started dropping my pace down to like five flats. And, uh, you know, I was eating up the field. I, I think I passed like some, 30 people in the in the last half of the marathon negative split because i went out in 69 and closed in 67 and uh yeah it was uh it was ah, 
it was amazing. Crossing that finish line, knowing that I'd done it. That was the first time in my life I'd cried <laughs> tears of joy. And, uh, and, and my wife was uh, the only one there. And uh, it, was, it was an experience that uh, I'll keep close to my heart for the rest of my life. Wow. I mean, that's, it sounds, I mean, I can hear it in your voice, obviously, like, I, I, it sounds like an amazing experience. And everything I've heard, like you said about CIM is that, it, I mean, it is, it's, it's just a, it's a great place to go and to run fast. And, and the atmosphere is amazing. But I mean, to negative split like that 69, 67, I mean, that that's, tough in any marathon to negative split um what was your half your fastest half you know leading up to that if i'm curious yeah so my fastest half is still from like my first half marathon (laughs) which is uh 6604 um yeah i need to i need to run another half uh I, i need to really cut that time down. yeah i mean to, i mean you you negative split so it wasn't even the first half of your your marathon but your second half you you came within a minute of your pr that's pretty amazing <laughs> yeah yeah um and you know i i just uh i need to get into that that half that i'm like prepared for and ready to ready to go i'm ready to throw down i'm confident that the time will definitely drop uh, when I when I need it to. So I'm not too worried about that. I mean, in all honesty, uh, I'm more focused on running 210 than I am running sub 65. <laughs> well, I mean the 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 half marathon distance I think is a great distance, but it, it doesn't have. You don't always get the same fields as you're going to get in a marathon for sure. I think, you know, more people are are more willing to just jump up and and jump into a faster field like you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I'm still a novice uh, at the marathon, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you've only, what, has it just been two? Yeah, yeah. So I've only done two so far, um, and they were both on opposite extremes. One, I never felt an ounce of pain, and uh, it was just the perfect day, perfect race. And another was one of the toughest challenges I have ever faced in my life. <laughs> so, you know, I do want to get into the uh, the Olympic Trials Marathon, but before going there, I want to go back a little bit and your time doing, you know, kind of leading up to, to jumping into a marathon and, and doing your half marathon. Were you working with a coach at that time? Were you, you know, kind of just creating your own plans or, or what were you doing during that, that buildup? Yeah. Um, so ever since, uh, I finished my collegiate career, I've been, uh, self-coached and, uh, yeah, I, I really put an emphasis on listening to my body. Um, if you ask any of like the guys and gals I've been training with, um, you know, nine times out of ten, I'm not wearing a watch. Uh, I just like to uh, to listen to what my body's saying and uh, and respond from that. Although I, I definitely need to give uh, props to to Danny Mackey because, as I said, I, I do I did train with Josh on his workouts on Tuesdays and Fridays and. Uh, and yeah, so it was it was a big emphasis on uh, on trying to help him because his you know his uh, his teammates are based out of Seattle and at the time he was still spending the majority of his time 
at uh, in Albuquerque, which was uh, definitely a, a big help to me uh, in moving my career further. Uh, you know, just being around that caliber of an athlete, uh, it, it's electric. Um, and, you know, our, our friendship is, is something that I hold dear to my heart. And I, uh, I definitely look up to him and he, uh, he gets me to, to be a better man and a better runner. Um, and yeah, that, that was my, my main training leading up to, to CIM was 80 miles a week, run uh, 1500 meter, 800 meter workouts on Tuesdays and Fridays and uh, uh, over distance long run on Sundays. Wow. And that's, I mean, I think that's great that you're able to, you know, listen to your body and, you know, put yourself in a position where you know, you're going to be able to succeed and it's worked out so far. I think there's a lot of even just recreational runners who, you know, they, they got to have that pace. They got to have that. What did I run today? What did I do? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's so hard to, to kind of step away from that or, you know, not look at Strava and compare yourself to, oh, well, this person ran that today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a, a big part of it. I think so many people get like stuck in their head about, uh, what pace they need to run. And like I said earlier, I mean, you can catch me running nine minutes a mile shuffling along on a Monday, or you can see me running six minutes depending on, uh, on how I feel on the day. I, I, that's, that's great. That's again, I think, you know, so many people, myself included, <laughs> can learn more about just kind of listening to their body and, and knowing when, when they need to take it easy and, and ramp it up. And yeah, so I'm a, go ahead. I'm a huge fan of uh, easy days easy and hard days hard. That'd be my number one advice to, to anyone is take those easy days easy. And whenever the hard day comes, you'll be ready for it. I, I think that's perfect. I think that's great. And so, you know, kind of looking at that training again, and you're talking about like going to all these races and here and there, you know, a lot of this time you were doing this unsponsored, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so my first, uh, well, only I should say, uh, sponsorship came right after CIM. I mean, I remember going into it, Josh telling me, you know, if you, uh, if you qualify, Brooks is going to do something. And so I was like, all right, that was definitely at the back of my mind throughout the race. And, uh, um, yeah, it, luckily I, I had a great, uh, great showing and, uh, I had some help from Brooks going into the Olympic trials and it was a it was a great experience. Uh, I think Brooks is a great company. Uh, I think they definitely take care of their athletes, and uh, and yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of them. Um, so I was I was thankfully uh, had a sponsorship with them going into the trials. That's that's awesome. I think that's great. And you know, it's I think it can be hard. You know, like you said, you you were kind of just chasing money there for a while, seeing what you can do, and. I think we we put our athletes kind of um, in a in a in a strange spot where it's you leave college and and all of a sudden you know you feel like you have something left but unless you're one of the top you know few you're not going to get a, a sponsorship and and you've got to do what you can to try to continue to run and and hopefully prove yourself I I can't imagine that must have been um, difficult at times. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I think that's a, a big struggle in America in general, um, in the way that we treat uh, athletes once college is over. You know, it's uh, if you look at like the cross country scene 
and uh, in England, uh, for example, right? Uh, there's 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 clubs that, that anyone can join, and it's it's big. Uh, it's a big atmosphere. Um, it's in every small town, and it's just it's something that you can look forward to past college, right? Uh, whereas here, you know, clubs are are so. Uh, so spread out um if you're not like in a metroplex like new york or, or la there there's not much for you um and i think uh that's a detriment to how fast i think we can be as a country um i i mean we are very fast obviously because of our depth and our sheer population but i i think that's the tip of the iceberg for us I completely agree with you. You know, it, it's it it is difficult. I think you know Albuquerque's got a ton of talent, but you know, without places that that they can get to and run against other talent, it's it becomes hard to to even kind of continue that. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's jump into the to the trials. You <laughs> you mentioned that it was you know one of the hardest races you've ever done and so you know walk us through leading up to it because i'm sure you had you know high expectations and and hopes leading into it yes i had extremely high expectations of myself and hopes um you know honestly i that's probably the fittest i mean every runner will tell you that (laughs) that's probably the fittest i have uh ever been in my life was in that lead up in, into the trials uh, going back to that over distance run we did that again because it seemed to work well before CIM and uh, yeah this one was significantly better than my first one so it was my second 30 miler ever uh, first 10 miles go out and average right around that 720 mark next 10 miles right around 610 the last 10 miles right at 520 with my last mile at 504 and I felt amazing like it was it was a great run i knew i was ready my workouts all leading up to that were were so low and going going awesome um my the the pace that i felt was necessary to get in that top 10 i was i was hitting on all of my workouts and doing it alone and uh i i was extremely confident going into it but unfortunately uh I believe it was maybe two weeks or a week and a half after that 30 miler i uh fell very sick and uh was bedridden for about two weeks uh come to find out i had covid didn't know at the time um and didn't know what was wrong with me but you know everything couldn't smell uh couldn't uh couldn't taste i lost 10 pounds and i was already light at that at that time so i mean normally race weight i'm around like that one you know 135 to 145 and i was in the 120s uh on the start line at the trials and uh i was uh just just a little bit depleted you know i didn't run for two weeks um I just like was telling myself all the fitness is there. You're ready. Uh, don't worry about it. And I, I tried, I, I went out and, uh, the first two miles, um, I just, I could feel it. Like I couldn't breathe. Uh, it felt like my chest was on fire, sucking air. And, uh, it was just, it was tough, but thankfully, um, I had a, a group of friends and family around me that got me to the finish line. And, those are some of the 
sorry, those are those, those are some amazing people that I'm 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 lucky to have. And uh, if they weren't there, I'm I'm not sure that I would have I would have made it. Um, I mean, by the by mile uh, mile eighteen, I was already seeing seeing why um, my my buddies have like videos of me like just going uh, swaying from left to right on the on the course. And honestly, I'm not even sure what time I ran. It must have been like I would assume close to the three hour mark, but uh, it was it was a battle. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was definitely an experience to say the least. I I can't imagine being that sick and and I mean everything I've heard of, of people experiencing, you know, COVID symptoms and all that and then the shortness of breath. I can't imagine being that getting it that close to the marathon trials and and still being there. Like I mean you talk about how hard it was, but the fact that you even still went and still competed and and finished even if it was <laughs> however slow it was i mean that 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 had to have taken a lot yeah yeah i mean i i think um i'm stronger for it um i've uh i've never dropped out of a race so i'm i'm glad it wasn't the biggest race of my life i'm extremely thankful for that <laughs> um and it didn't uh <laughs> It didn't go go to plan, but uh, you know, um, I feel like I'm still young and uh, in the sport of, of marathon, and uh, I'm I'm ready to, to see what the future holds. And uh, like I said, you know, I'm uh, next marathon. I'm I'm going for two ten, and it's it's uh, it's a big lofty goal, but I feel like I can do it, and that's my plan. So. If I uh, burn in ashes and everything crumbles, so be it. But uh, I, it's going to be a journey and it's going to be my, uh, my challenge to myself. So it'll be fun. I, you know, I think, I think there's a lot to be said about kind of putting that positive energy out there and, and kind of like this, this is what I'm going to chase after. And, and I think there's a lot to that to, you know, um, like, yeah, just putting it out there and, and saying, like, this is what I'm going after, after, you know, fail or not, do what I want, do what I'm planning on or not. It's it's what I'm chasing. I think that's, you know, it's a great attitude to have. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when that marathon will be, probably uh, I, I'm hoping to run like it was London at the time uh, <laughs> in the fall, but I don't know now. <laughs> but uh with that, with that being said, I am going to jump on the track this this spring for the first time in five years. So there's some definite barriers and uh, and some distances that I think I can hit some pretty good times in that you know the people around me can uh, have been extremely motivating. Uh, you know, you being surrounded uh, again by some of the best athletes in the world and, and training with like the the Brooks Beasts on their their altitude camps you know, and having them tell me, you know, you can do this or you can do that. It, it's just, uh, it, you make a believer out of yourself, even if, uh, even if you have doubt and that's, uh, that's where I'm at right now. And I, uh, I'm looking forward to, to what this next year holds. That's, that's great. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. I mean, I, I mean, 
obviously following you from before this, but I, I, I want, I want to see your journey and I want to see you chase that 210 or, you know, whatever it is, uh, on the track and, and see what you got. I mean, I think there's a lot of people here in New Mexico that definitely fall along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a few, uh, New Mexico runners that I still keep in touch with and follow. And uh, I, I think that uh, there's definitely some some talent out there that's just waiting, uh, waiting to jump onto that stage. And yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. You know, um, talking about 210, you mentioned it a few times. Did you watch the uh, follow the marathon project um, this December out in Arizona? I did. I did. I was uh, I was a little bit salty that I didn't get accepted into the field, uh, but <laughs> that's okay. Uh, that's uh, that's the way uh, way it works sometimes. And uh, honestly, I probably wasn't fit to to chase after my goal anyways. But uh, that's besides the point. And but seeing that many American runners uh, run the times that they did was phenomenal. I mean, you talk about guys that made some jumps. You look at Ian Butler. Uh, he was an old rival at, uh, at Western. Uh, he ran at Western when I was at Adams, you know, he was, uh, he was that two teen guy. And then he jumps down to, to two Oh nine. I remember watching the race thinking like, is he in pacing? Is he, is he racing? What's <laughs> happening? And, uh, and yeah, he just like, you know, Ian's notorious for that. He throws himself into the race and he, he sees what happens. And most of the time it's, he he burns and and dies a glorious death, but on that one time it works out. It works out and it worked out big. You know, talk about dropping minutes off your PR and running two oh nine at uh, at a premier event. That was incredible and super motivating to watch and see. And uh, I mean, it's exciting how fast the world is getting, uh, and it's it's fun to be a part of and be alive at this moment when arguably we have uh, the fastest runners the the world has ever seen. I, I completely agree, and and I and I can't remember if it was if it was Ian or if it was somebody else. Um, you know, in in the interviews afterward, you know, people were asking like, "Well, what are you gonna run? What are you gonna do?" And they're like, "Well, if you're not going for two ten, why are you here?" And I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's that's a part of it, you know, like uh, like the atmosphere that I was talking about at C uh, CIM. I feel like that was something that was unique to the marathon project. You know, it wasn't a race that was like a, a gold label or a silver label where people are just trying to win money. Everyone there was there for one goal and one goal only, and it was to run fast. And uh, I think that that has something to do with uh, with the times that we saw. And I think that if uh, we have a couple of more events that are focused on that and you get the field together, I think uh, we'll see even more exciting things coming in the future out of American distance running. I completely agree. Um, and, and to switch gears for just a minute, you know, I do want to talk about your art because you, yeah. um, you do have an art degree, right? I do. Yeah. So I, I have a dual major um, in communication and journalism and then additionally fine art. So yeah, art has been a part of my life uh, since I was a child. I mean, my my mother, she's gonna hate me for saying this. <laughs> Not hate me. Hate's a strong word. She's gonna be upset with me for saying this. But uh, it actually started when I was a child. Uh, my mom was super busy at the time, and uh, I had like just did this like coloring page. I remember it like specifically. It was this dragon. 
And I was super proud of it. And I went and took it to her all happy. And Shota was like, mom, mom, you know, she's like doing dishes, talking on the phone, doing a million different things, just trying to take care of us. And uh, I'm like bugging her, you know, the, you know, this, the simple like Stewie from uh, Family Guy analogy is like, mom, 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 mom. <laughs> and then finally she looks at me and I'm like, look, and I show her this coloring page. And uh, God bless her. She's a, an, a, an amazing uh, woman. I, I'm definitely a mama's boy, but she <laughs> she said, uh, can't you stay in the lines? And it <laughs> crushed me. <laughs> It broke my soul. <laughs> I remember like walking away from that moment thinking, I'm going to stay in the lines. I can do this. And so I, uh, I just like started practicing and practicing and uh, eventually I got better, you know. As a, as a knucklehead, like I said uh, in the beginning of the episode, I, uh, I, I was definitely involved in things that I shouldn't have been, and I was doing a ton of graffiti and things of that sort at the time. So I started out on the on the street walls, and uh, you know the city was my canvas, and and that's where where my art started. And so going forward, uh, I mean that was the focus of my uh, my final show as a as a senior in college. It was it was implementing bombastic colors, really bold, vibrant color schemes and strokes into uh, a in a contemporary way but in to a gallery setting so just like combine the uh the old and the new and uh yeah and uh, i've been art is is an amazing an amazing tool it's a it's an escape it's uh it's, it's everything and also anything you want it to be and i'd encourage anybody to pick up a pencil a pen uh paint anything that they want and just create well i know yeah and along those lines you know it being anything you know you had done uh, i mean it was pretty amazing and, and talking about being back on the, on the streets but you were you were putting you had some posters that you had that you were putting up with um flower glue during the um kind of the height of of the black lives matter movement i mean it, obviously it's still going on but you you had a, a great picture with some statistics that I, I I found amazing and I thought it was just awesome that you were you had these up in town that you were sharing it with other people to put up and and share around town and and really kind of being a part of of something bigger as well. Yeah, um, so I'm uh, I definitely still try and and go back to my roots of, of street art and where it began and. Uh, my my street art is definitely politically motivated as far as like events that are happening in the world around us that I feel like we need to pay more attention to, um, and uh, yeah, uh, thankfully I mean I'm I'm a bit uh, I'm a bit older now I'm a bit wiser and so I don't uh, throw spray paint <laughs> on uh, on walls anymore. Instead, I've I've resulted to uh, what you would like call a pasty, uh, which is essentially uh, you print large scale on like really thin paper and you can roll it up onto a wall. And if someone doesn't like it, they can literally get a water hose and spray it down. Um, or it can stay there for up to like three years, uh, depending on like the spot you put it in and uh, how available it is to the environment. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. Uh, in, in reference to the specific piece you're talking about, yeah, that was, uh, it was, it was an ode to, to the Black Lives Ladder movement. 
And, uh, you know, the statistics that I was talking about at, at the current time, and I, I'd have to look up the, the specific number right now, but at the time, 5,400, you know, at that specific date, that was the number of people who had been killed by police officers since January 1st of 2015. 24% of the lives taken were black Americans. That's 1,292. 32% of the U.S. correctional population are black Americans, which is 2.3 million. Black Americans represent 24% of the killings, 32% of the correctional population, but only 13% of the entire U.S. population. So essentially, if you're black in America, you are 20% more likely to get pulled over, five times more likely to be charged, and three times more likely to be killed by a police officer. 99% of the killings by police officers from 2013 to 2019 have not resulted in officers being charged with the crime. And to me, math is black and white. This the same with our sport. It, it takes any political uh, agenda or influence aside and just shows you what's the truth. And uh, when you look at numbers like that, it's, it's hard not to see struggles that are existing in our world. Yeah. I, I think, you know, again, I, that's what drew it to me. It's what, <laughs> you know, it, it it definitely, you know, spoke to me. And I think it's important that, you know, that stuff is highlighted. And, you know, more importantly, you know, being able to see athletes feeling more comfortable to be able to, to share that, you know. Uh, obviously, we've had a history of athletes kind of being... Um, uh, you know, blackballed from sport or, you know, cut out of contracts. And, you know, I think not in every sport or anything, but, you know, I, I think we're definitely starting to see a change in that, which, which I think is, is positive for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think there's definitely been some positive feedback. There's been some, some negative outcomes as well. Uh, but you know, that's, that's how it is. And I think, uh, I mean, this is, I mean, I don't know how political we want to get, but I, I my personal standpoint is I, I believe that our country is so divided and uh, we we just need to see the human side of, of, of each side and uh, and find some sort of common ground. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, kind of talking about common ground and, and moving off that subject for a little, <laughs> for a bit, you know, you, you've talked a lot about, your friendships kind of through running you, you talked about your you had some friends from adams who were there at your wedding when being ordained to actually you know you know conduct the wedding your the, the people that were there for you at the trials um your friendship with with josh kerr i mean your your wife is a runner you know what is running i guess you know meant for you and with within all these friendships Running, uh, running is my life. Um, it's not, it's not everything, but it's a, it's a huge part of it. Uh, it, it's, it's not, uh, a separate entity, I would say. It, it's, it's just who I am. I'm, I'm a runner and I hope that, uh, when I'm 70 years old, I'm still saying these same things and, uh, and maybe I'm, uh, hopefully <laughs> wiser at that age. Um, but I, I hope that uh, my wife and I can continue to, to live the lives we do 
uh, to, to learn and grow. And uh, yeah, I mean, sum up my world in a, in a nutshell, it, it's, it's running art and just living. That's great. Kind of on those lines, you know, kind of going back into the art piece as well. You know, you, you are working for Heart and, Heart and Soul. Um, mm-hmm. Anybody who doesn't know, local Albuquerque <laughs> running shoe store. And, and they've really <laughs> kind of, um, you know, they bring in a lot of runners. I mean, a lot of runners that I've talked to, even even runners I've coached have, have gone and worked there. You know, what do they mean to to the running community in Albuquerque? Yeah, Heart and Soul Sports is... Uh... It's awesome. <laughs> I'm obviously biased, uh, but uh, it, it's a it's a local company uh, here in the state of New Mexico, and they uh, genuinely care uh, about the community around them, about the employees that they they have, and uh, it's it's an awesome place to be. Um, they're they're deeply involved with uh, keeping runners uh, employed. There's so many. Uh, part-time employees that we carry from UNM to uh, the, the average jogger to, to whatever. He, he, you know, there's, there's every, every sort of individual in, in the store. And uh, I love that. I, it's, it's, you know, you can butt heads from, from time to time, but it's a, it's a great place to be. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it holds a, a I think, a, a huge importance to our community. Uh, as far as the running world is considered. And I, I'm excited to see what their future has in store for them. Um, and I hope that they continue to grow. And uh, yeah, um, I'm thankful for the opportunity. I, uh, yeah, I, it's definitely made me better as a person. Um, thankfully, I, like you mentioned earlier, I, I design all of our uh, graphics for our apparel. So I have a custom apparel line. <clears throat> that rotates and is uh, pertaining to the season. Uh, so I always have uh, new designs coming out and just try and keep the store fresh. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun place to be. Yeah. I mean, every, every time I go in there, I mean, everybody's happy and <laughs> it's, it's just a, it's just a cool place to be, you know, about running and, and yeah. not to knock any other running stores. I think, I think we have some, some great people in, in the running stores here, but you know, the, there's just something about, you know, heart and soul. Yeah. I mean, and they, it's like you walk into the store and it's like, it's like a museum. You can see the history of shoes. You can see some of the first Nikes ever sold, like when they were still in the trunk of a car. Yep. You can see the, uh, the all Americans that have come through, uh, the store and worked for them. You can see, uh, what's the latest and greatest out in the running world. Um, you know, we, we try and keep, uh, everything, like I said earlier, fresh and, and stay with trends. And yeah, it's just been, uh, it's been a fun experience and, and definitely, uh, a growing experience from, uh, from previous employment um, and it's it's been awesome so I'm, uh, I'm super excited that I was a part of uh, of what they had to offer to the community yeah that's great and and though if anybody hasn't checked it out I mean you you got to check it out and you got to look for some uh, Julian Flores original you know uh, <laughs> I, I yeah you'll see uh you'll know what's mine if it has a little jf on the back of it <laughs> i i picked up the uh the roadrunner kind of tree one at the end of last summer and I, that hey i love that one that one's amazing 
All right. I'm, I'm glad you do. I'll have, to, I'll have to send you one of my newest ones. All right. <laughs> um, so, you know, we've, we've covered quite a lot. Um, and I think this is kind of a good spot to, to wrap up. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Um, but, you know, before I let you go, I got to ask you the, the same question I ask everybody at the end. And that's just, you know, what are you listening to to kind of get you pumped, get you motivated, maybe get you out the door? Ooh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I would definitely say uh, it's a mixture of a few artists right now. Uh, Freddie Gibbs, uh, Nipsey Hussle, and definitely uh, Flatbush Zombies. Um, those three, uh, Flatbush is a group, uh, Freddie's an individual, um, but, uh, yeah, those, those three are, uh, definitely what I'm playing in the morning when it's a, it's a workout day. Uh, maybe not the, the same taste for everyone, but it gets me going. <laughs> I have Flatbush is the only one I have not heard of in, in that. So I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. I, I did. Yeah. Definitely check them out. They're, they're, uh, they're a great group. Um, and shout out to to Jackson for for putting me on to them. So. <laughs> right. And also shout out to Brandon uh, Johnson for putting me on to the other two guys. Uh, yeah, Brandon's also one of my really great friends. Um, if you don't know about him, check him out. Brandon Johnson. All right. Well, good. Um, you know, like I said, th this has been this has been great. I learned a lot about you. Hopefully, others learned a lot and and, and enjoyed this conversation. And you know, I think. Like I said, there, there's a lot of people here in the state that that'll be rooting for you and, and seeing what you have coming up next. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can get you on again after your 210 or, you know, whatever it is that you that you break. <laughs> so, um, you know, do you have anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. Other than just a, a thank you to you, a thank you to the, the Albuquerque community and, uh, everyone who's been a part of my journey and, and I hope that uh, I've done something to either inspire you or, or anyone else who's listening. Um, I think uh, it's important to continue to, to grow from your experiences. And uh, yeah, I, I hope that uh, we, we inspire someone. I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time, and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at RunningNewMexico at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime, keep running, New Mexico.